Well, hey, everybody in your raw church gatherings or watching online. Uh, my name is Rich and I'm really excited to be able to bring the next in our Keep Going uh, series. We're looking at this little letter in the New Testament called 1 Thessalonians, uh, which is written by a, a guy called Paul to a, a church that he wants to encourage to thrive and help them towards thriving. And uh, our little church in Birmingham today has been looking at this letter, seeking to learn from some of the wisdom and the instruction and the encouragement that Paul brought to them so that we can thrive and grow and flourish in our day as well. And as we kick off, I want to ask you a question, a question that might be a little bit awkward to think about in your raw church gatherings, but uh, I still want you to think about it. Maybe think about it privately, though, to start with. And the question is this, how are your relationships going right now in your community group? How are your relationships going right now? Uh, in the church, but I guess over the last year, probably most of us, our most tangible expression of that has been our community group. And how are your relationships going in that group right now? Is it quite warm at the moment? Is it a little bit cooler? Is it, is it great? Is it a little bit more tricky? How's it going? Now, even as you begin to think about that, I want to confront, challenge and punch on the nose the temptation that all of us, myself included, will have when thinking about our church relationships, which is towards Western consumerism as a mindset. OK, well, consumerism is the idea that life is about what I can take and get for me. And so when we think about relationships in the church, we can think, yeah, do you know what? How is the church doing at providing me with 73 soul enriching friendships that meet my every need at every moment and that I weep for joy spontaneously when I get the Zoom link for our community group Zoom because it's just literally they know me like no one else has never known me and I just can't tell you how stunning it makes me feel and I don't mean that though send me that link if your community group feels like that get me in what I mean is how are you doing at building relationships in the church? How are you doing at modelling and, and living out a healthy relational culture in your little corner of Church Central South? What are you doing to build the relational atmosphere and the warmth and the strength within your community? Because everybody wants to find community, don't they? Everybody, you don't have to be a Christian to want to find a great community. But in the New Testament, community isn't something that you find, it's something that you build. Community isn't something that you find, it's something that you build. It's a lot less like uh, walking into a supermarket and going up and down the aisles at the new Sainsbury's in Selyoke and, and eventually you're looking for what you're looking for and then you find it. Oh great, I've found it now. It's a lot less like that and a lot more like a building site with a lot of noise and machinery and, and diggers as people do hard work on this stuff. And it's a lot of sweat and you pick up your tools and you muck in and through the mud and the mess, slowly but surely with teamwork and perseverance and commitment and effort and diligence and disappointment, but a long-term vision, bit by bit, brick by brick, it builds up. You see, community is not something that you find, it's something that you build. And so I ask you again, not as a consumer, but as a fellow builder, how are your relationships going right now in your community group? Now, the good news is our passage in 1 Thessalonians can really help us, however you feel that's going right now. Because the relational dynamics between people in the church community 
is what Paul focuses on in chapter 5 verses 12 to 15. And in it Paul gives some really practical, really grounded, almost really mundane instructions because he's very realistic about what church life can be like. And he gives those instructions into two major types of relationships in the church community. They're relationships between the members and the leaders, first of all, and then the general relationships within the whole church community. And what I want to do is read it to you and then focus in on those two types of relationship and give you some observations from these passages for us to try and live out in our community today. So let's read it and then we'll get into it. Uh, Chapter 5 verses 12 to 15. Dear brothers and sisters, honour those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one pays back evil for evil but always try to do good to each other and to all people. First type of relationship then that he speaks about in this passage in verses 12 to 13 is the relationships between the members and the leaders. Now, I'm not going to spend very long on this because it would be a little bit awkward for me to insist that you spend your Sunday morning hearing me tell you to love, honour and respect me. Uh, And I don't want to waste your time with this. And I also think I don't need to because in this church community, I think that the generosity of spirit and heart towards the leadership in the eldership, in, in community groups and leaders of many kinds is really overwhelmingly brilliant and beautiful. I think we go above and beyond in this in our church. Just to give you a couple of practical examples, uh, in the eldership, uh, I know each and every one of us has at times over the pandemic been absolutely on the floor, completely done, totally overwhelmed by the scale of what's happening through personal circumstances and it has been a really tough time and we've had to at different moments pick each other up and, and cover one another and bear one another up. But I tell you what, the wave of generosity, of love, of strengthening, of encouragement, of support that has poured into us from members of the church community has been so practically strengthening. Uh, We have been bewildered at times just trying to put one foot in front of the other but to feel so tangibly that we have the best followers in the world even when we aren't the best leaders in the world has been Uh, beautiful there's been practical things there's been uh, messages there's just been that atmosphere of we're going to come with you even though this is clunky and zoom is weird and whatever we're just with you and that has been so helpful and I know our community group leaders and uh, leaders of many kinds really believe that and feel that so I want to say thank you Uh, if you're concerned just before we move on if you're concerned that the the kind of instruction here to love and respect your leaders is a power grab or a cover for abuse. So I want you to see that it's actually conditional in the passage and it's on the assumption that the leadership is doing two main things. That verse 12, they're about the Lord's work 
So that is they're doing Jesus's work, Jesus's way. It's not all about them. It's not their own power thing. It's not their own uh, crusade for glory. It's about Jesus and the kingdom of God and, and helping the church. And then uh, in a couple of times in this passage, it speaks about their hard work, the leader's hard work. And leadership that is to be uh, loved and respected and honoured is not just leadership that puts its feet up. It's leadership that pours itself out for the good of the church. And so it's not a power grab or a cover for abusive leadership. It's a conditional thing that where you see healthy leadership, the encouragement is to the church. Get behind it. And I want to say that you guys, by grace, do this tremendously. And I want to say thank you. Now, now that that's out the way, because that was painful, wasn't it? Uh, let's look at the real action, the relationships between all of us, the body of the church, just the one another relationships across the church. And in verses 14 to 15, uh, Paul looks at those. He says, brothers and sisters, so that's all of us, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. I want to bring uh, four observations from these verses before we're done. Firstly, notice who is it that is responsible for the pastoral work in the church, for the warning, for the encouragement, for the tender care within the church. It is the brothers and sisters. Uh, it isn't the um, community group leaders merely, though of course there's responsibility there. Uh, it isn't just the uh, old people in the church who can help the young people, uh, though of course that's a dynamic that we want to lean into. Uh, it's not only uh, the eldership, though of course there's responsibility there. It's the brothers and sisters, it's the, the people, it's all of us. Actually, that's a responsibility. It means all of us have a part to play in this. But it's also an amazing opportunity, an invitation to say that you don't have to leave it to the same old people all the time to lead out in building the relational dynamic of your group. Actually, you have a part to play in this. And so I want to speak to you if you're new, particularly, or if you're younger within your community group. And I want to release you and empower you and call you to rise up and step out in this. Why don't you seek to be the person who brings warning, encouragement, help and care within your group? Don't just leave it to the same old people. It's for all of us. Second observation. And notice the assumption that relationships in the church can be really hard. See, for these instructions to make sense, it assumes that the relationships in the church will at times include people being very lazy, uh, who are feeling timid, who are feeling weak, who require great patience when you relate to them, and who even are doing evil things so much so that you're tempted to hit back in revenge. And I actually love that that's in the Bible because it's just really honest. Because the church isn't like a G7 photo op with lots of uh, smiling politicians trying to convince us all that they like each other. No, the church is a family which includes broken people who Jesus is restoring, but we're not fully there yet. And so in the meantime, all of us have got a load of quirks and mess and uh, inside us that comes out of us quite a lot as well. And we're all like that. And so, of course, relationships can be tricky at times. 
if you're finding relationships at, at times a little bit tricky in your community group, Paul would say, of course you do. And he'd probably say, do you know what? You're probably a little bit tricky every now and again as well, because we all are. But all of us are welcome in the church community, all of us numerically, but all of us in terms of all of us, our warts and all, and we bung it together. And of course there can be friction, but you know what, by the grace of God and through us forgiving and being patient and living out passages like this, it grows and it grows and it grows and it builds and the house builds up and we become more and more this beautiful community that Jesus intended us to be. But if you find it tricky at times, don't write it off. Of course you do. People are tricky. You're a bit tricky too. But let's keep mucking in and let's keep going for it with one another. Third observation. Notice that our manner with people in the church needs to fit the person and the situation. Uh, there are some blanket things we can uh, do all the time in all of our church relationships. And we're going to look at those uh, in a moment to finish. But verse 14 is full, not of blanket instructions, but bespoke instructions. It says, warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take care of or help those who are weak. You know, what a hugely practical help to making relationships work. He's saying that how you be with someone really depends on who they are and what's going on in them and what they're facing and how they are right now. Sometimes warning is needed. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's tender care or, or practical help. And, you know, even the same external action could actually require three completely different responses in three different people or three different moments because it can come from three different places. Let me give you a, uh, an example. Say someone in uh, the church is out of work. Right. And that could be because of laziness. And if that was the case, you need to come to them with some warning, like, come on, like, you really can't live like this. Like, you know, like, like, get on with it. Like, you really need to sort this out. But if that person is out of work because of timidity, where something's happened in the workplace a few years ago and actually they're wounded from that and it's been difficult and you come in with a warning, that's just missing it. It's crushing. And so actually they need something different. Or maybe someone's out of work, but the reason is that they just practically don't know how to do it and they don't know how to get into work and they know they should and they want to, but they just need some help. And so if you come in with a warning or just a nice friendly, you can do it, it's missing it. They need something different. It's just one example, but do you see the wisdom here that we need to be bespoke in our responses to things going on in one another's lives? And that really takes discernment. And it really takes proximity to one another. It takes knowing one another. It takes time. It takes humility not to make assumptions of other people, not to assign to an action a motive without knowing really what's going on. And of course it takes, and we have, praise God, the Holy Spirit to help us in this. And can I just say here that uh, coming out of COVID restrictions, I think we really need to hear this as a community. Can we be, please, really careful with one another at the moment? And not to make assumptions from a distance about what someone is doing or why they're making the decisions that they're making. I'm speaking to myself here. As we continue to have different paces and preferences around uh, gathering in the church and, and how that looks, um, I'm going to be, just to flag up, 
continuously and relentlessly unapologetic in banging the gather together drum. I don't care where you do it, how you do it, or even why you do it, but I'm just gonna say that is good for you and I'm gonna keep getting on that hobby horse and I'm never getting off it. But even as we bang that drum as a church, can we just clock that we need to do it carefully and differently depending on the circumstances that are going on in people's lives? Yes, that general principle is clearly true, but do you know what? What's been going on in people's lives might mean that we need to just handle that a little bit differently. Please, can we, after 18 months where I think God has helped us supernaturally in our church relationships, can we please now not let it just unravel because we're tired? Can we take immense care with one another around this stuff? Fourth and final observation is that there are some blanket instructions here that if in doubt, you should do in all your relationships all of the time. Maybe you're feeling like I've tied you up and you so wanna be careful that you don't get it wrong and you don't bring the right tailor-made response in every conversation that now you're thinking, I'm just not gonna bother because I don't wanna get it wrong. Well, I'm here to now help you as we finish. There are some blanket, simple instructions that you can just always apply in your church relationships. Uh, verse 14, be patient with everyone. Let that be your verse for the next six months. Uh, be patient, whatever someone's going through, whatever they're being like, however they've been like, be patient. You know, you actually require patience as well from people and from God, as do I. And so we can give it out to others, can't we? Let's be patient. Verse 15 says, see that no one pays back evil for evil. No one should do that, never revenge no backbiting no doing the same to someone else when they did this to you and she said that to her and he said that to him and so you think well I'm gonna be like that to you then none of that we're Christians <laughs> and the Lord has not repaid us in life how we've treated him he's been gracious and so so can we be so should we be two wrongs don't make a right two wrongs make two wrongs uh, which is at least double the wrong and so we shouldn't do it. That's some uh, rich pit gold for you today. Uh, verse 15 is our last one. It says, always try to do good to each other and to all people. Whatever the situation, whatever the need, whatever the type of person, whatever's been going on, actively seek to do good. Get on the edge of your seat looking for opportunities to do good. Not withhold hate or don't headbutt them, but proactively seek to do them good send that text drop round send that gift uh, pray for them even in the hidden place so that they wouldn't know but they are blessed by God because of you there we have it uh, we're done uh, our relationships in the church how are yours going remember that community isn't something that we find it's something that we build and let's be careful with one another over the next few weeks and months and whoever you are, I want to encourage you, release you to go again in this. Pick up the tools, uh, get sweating in the building project of church community. Thanks so much for listening. There's going to be a couple of discussion questions just to help you. Uh, and Johnny will be back in a little while just to wrap up Ami.